everybody understands the world in their own way, but I sort of like to understand things at a molecular biological level if I can. Biohacking and functional medicine have a lot in common. Functional medicine is looking at, at the why, not just the symptoms, you know, for, uh, for various, but, but that's more about treating diseases and biohacking is more about um, being better than well, you know, optimization. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. And as always, please share this with the people that you love and the people that you care for. I It's my goal to make this as rich a resource as possible for you and as an accessible a tool for you guys to be better and be more and do more in your life. So if if you dig it, share it. As always, every episode is followed up with a blog post with detailed notes about some of the things that we're talking about. So always feel free to go to naturalstacks.com and follow up there. I'm really excited for our guest today, none other than Abelard Lindsay. Uh, he's been with Natural Stacks since literally day one, before day one, and and is uh, pivotal in developing um, the stacks that you love to take so frequently, that I love to take so frequently. Today we're going to talk about acetylcholine brain food, but before we get into that, we're going to dive right into the conversation. Hey, great to be here. Abelard, tell everybody, uh, tell everybody your exact location right now. Rub it in. Uh. Oh gosh, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm on vacation. Let's just say that. There you um, go. Yeah, the, this this interview was pushed back a few days, so it went into my vacation. So now I'm working on vacation, or uh, or I could say I'm a digital nomad if I want to be more glamorous. I like <laughs> but that. I a lot. won't rub it in. Nice. Um, so we'll we'll start out we'll start out here. You know, we we've talked a little bit before before we before we turned uh, the recorder on and. And we're going to talk specifically about the acetylcholine brain food product that I've been taking um, a lot lately. And uh, but again, before we dig into that, uh, Abelard, would you mind sharing? Um, I, I'm just dying to know what it, what stacks did you take today? What, how many of what are you on right now? Okay. Uh, well, I took uh, acetylcholine brain food, of course. <laughs> Um, I took, uh, three of those and then I took one serotonin brain food cause I'm in a pretty good mood and you know, I don't need to, um, enhance that so much. I took one GABA brain food, um, because I'm not uh, going to sleep or I don't want to be too, uh, relaxed and social, but you know, I just want to ease of, uh, my nervousness or stage fright or whatever. <laughs> and, um, you know, I took a dopamine brain food, uh, the equivalent about three pills. Um, so, and I also took, uh, some paracetam. I took, uh, 1.6 grams. Um, so that's, uh, 
yeah, that's that's my baseline. Uh, and Siltep, of course, three pills and a uh, cup of coffee. <laughs> nice, nice, very cool. Yeah, uh, n- nothing else. No other like uh, weird roots or 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 any tree barks that you found anywhere, or anything like that. Well, you know, I'm a uh, when I have to go in for an interview or something like that, I uh, usually don't um, try any of the more esoteric uh, supplements. For instance, if I if I took uh, Kana, um, Zembrin, um, with Forskolin, that's really good for researching, but it makes me not like people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, you know, it makes me want to watch, watch math lectures all day and not talk to anybody. Um, people become really annoying. So uh, that's uh that's when i wouldn't take even though it's good for research <laughs> well thank you for not taking that today my friend <laughs> right. i don't want you to take the people are annoying stack when we're, when we're... <laughs> right just, just leave me to my studying <laughs> that's good there's a time and a place i could use some more of that i suppose yeah. so uh, i i want to start with some couple with a couple of really simple simple questions about uh about the acetylcholine brain food um how is acetylcholine brain food different from, um, in, in, the, in the most simplest way to explain, how is acetylcholine brain food different from GABA or serotonin or the dopamine brain food products? Yeah, well, uh, cognition is not a one-dimensional thing. It's not, a, you know, it can be explained by one number. There's a lot of different things going on in the brain. So, uh, for instance, um, dopamine is related to motivation, following through on goals, uh, Thrive um, and serotonin is more about mood um, and uh, feelings of uh, happiness and contentment. And GABA is about inhibitory activity in the brain for and emotional labor. It's it's good for social interaction. Um, it makes uh, thoughts in the brain take more time to manifest themselves, uh, so it decreases the amount of. Uh, of chatter in the, in the brain. It makes, uh, it's like a squelch knob essentially for the brain, uh, making it so that only the really, uh, intense, uh, signals can, uh, manifest. And, uh, acetylcholine though is for creativity, focus, and alertness. It's very low when, um, it's sleeping, but, uh, and it, as it gets higher in our, uh, in REM sleep, there's more acetylcholine. And then uh, when awake, it's, uh, it's much higher than uh, uh, it's enhanced in uh, extreme levels of alertness. So it's, um, it's you know, be, being totally awake and alert versus uh, being asleep and in deep sleep, not even dreaming. So it's a continuum along that. Uh, it also helps with uh, creativity because it's... Uh, Let's me. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to measure creativity scientifically in an animal model, but so it's it's kind of a subjective observation. But uh, it helps me maintain my thought train for a longer period of time, so I can develop thoughts, and um, that helps in my creativity. So those are essentially the uh, the differences. So there's these, you know, so there's these four axes I've described: the cognition, and there's, uh, you know, there's probably several more that could be discovered i imagine uh so that's that's essentially it yeah uh, yeah yeah that th- for I'd, I'd love to share kind of my experience with it um because i you know i've been taking um i've been taking siltet for years now um not every day i usually take it four 
uh, four or five days a week. Um, um, and then the other brain food products, I sort of, I sort of pick and choose depending on what my load is for the day, what I'm, what I'm up to. And, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've experienced with the racetams. I got away from them for, you know, before I found natural stacks or specifically silt up, um, I was taking the racetams, um, and I've tinkered around with different, um, blends and stuff like that. But for, for me, what I love about the acetylcholine is this, it, is is creativity for sure i it noticeably almost like this novelty um dial like dialing up your ability to um recognize novelty to create novelty to to uh express yourself in a way that is that is new or unique or clear uh and and i think of it as as like almost like a like a katana the acetylcholine brain food is very sharp. It's very nimble and it's very specific. Um, what I found that like, I don't know if you listened to the episode that I did with, uh, with Frank Yosa from ketone aid. Um, but I talked about his, you know, his, uh, the, the ketone esters as like a, as a, as a, as an increase in sharpness and, you know, just from being in, you know, in a high millimolar, high millimolar range of, of, of ketosis with acetylcholine, uh, the brain food product, it acts quickly and it also is very sharp and the creativity is noticeable. So I don't know I, I felt like, I felt like I wanted to share that with you. Do you, do you get, um, do you get feedback? Do you hear people, do you read reviews and watch all that stuff to kind of see what people think about it? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah I, I pay attention to that, uh, very closely. Uh, uh, one thing also is it, uh, you know, since acetylcholine is very involved in muscle contraction, um, I find it makes me feel more coordinated and more aware of my body uh, and my movements. And uh, it also increases the interest in visual things. For example, you know, if I look at like flowers or people's faces, or complicated things like that, I, I, I see more. You know, I, I, uh, there's more input. You know, it feels like it's higher resolution, and 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 music sounds more interesting. Um, that's uh, you know, that that's related to uh, the difference between you know being completely asleep where you're not uh, having any input from outside sources to being you know fully awake and aware and in the moment, um, and you know, hearing things very that are that are quiet and uh, or you know seeing details and being very aware of your uh, of the environment. I mean, there's a there's actually a, a, a neurobiological mechanism where the higher the acetylcholine is, the more input from outside uh, is uh, accepted, and then the lower the acetylcholine is, the more uh, re, uh, input is is processed um, in the neurons without accepting you know uh, recurrent processing where where it processes the signals that come out from them and go back into them without accepting signals from the outside so it's it's really uh i i get a lot of information from the outside world at a higher bandwidth i feel like with the seal coming that 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 level of self-awareness that you have to be able to say specifically like yeah i can see more in people's faces or i you know the 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 high I, i see i see flowers in higher definition that it's it's such an acute and specific observation that I think it's really important for people to hear that stuff because not everybody has I think few people have that level of self-awareness 
and to hear like, yes, this, this, this is what it does for me. And I understand why it's doing that for me because I understand the chemistry behind it. And this is essentially what it does for you as well. I th- uh, what, what other, um, what other common, um, improvements either mentally or physically do you see from, from, from the acetylcholine brain food? Like, tell me more about the muscle contraction. Okay. Well, uh, the way that uh, acetylcholine is very involved in muscle contraction, for instance, in the motor, you know, the motor neurons in the brain, they send electrical signals down to the muscles and those electrical signals release acetylcholine, uh, which goes to the acetylcholine receptors and that causes muscle contraction. And then acetylcholine esterase breaks that down and that, uh, and then the acetylcholine gets taken up into the cells again. And the acetylcholine esterases are, um, interesting enzyme in that it, uh, you know, uh, it's one of the fastest processing enzymes in the body because muscle contractions have to be fast. It's about, uh, I believe it's 25,000 uh, molecules per second are broken down by each molecule of acetylcholine, I mean, each uh, acetylcholine esterase. Um, and so that's, uh, so it's very involved in muscle contraction and, and, and moving around. And that's why I feel more coordinated. And one thing that's interesting to, uh, uh, that I've, researched is that there are various things that interfere with that. And usually they're, they're things like snake venom or <laughs> plant toxins where they, um, you know, they block the, uh, breakdown of, uh, the acetylcholine, the muscles, you know, stay contracted and can't release, you know, it causes convulsions. But then if they interfere with the, there's other snake venoms and so forth where they, they interfere with the activity of acetylcholine and that, causes weakness, you know, and there's particular diseases like autoimmune diseases that, uh, attack the acetylcholine receptors. And those also cause, you know, uh, weakness over time. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's an important thing. And, and just, you know, because you and I both know that we almost, everybody knows somebody that has an autoimmune disease and they're, they're on the rise and whether that's because of glyphosate or, vaccines or whatever. And we don't need to take it down that road necessarily today on this episode, but so many people have, uh, are experiencing autoimmune disease would for, for people who are suffering from lupus or Crohn's or fibromyalgia, would they benefit from, from supplementing with acetylcholine brain food? Uh, well, you know, I can't say that this product cures or prevents or treats a disease. Of course, (laughs) of course. I'm not going to go there, but <laughs> got it. You know, I, I mean, I, I just can tell you what I've uh, seen using it myself, and uh, what you know, scientific studies have said. Sure. Um, you know, for instance, you know, some of the ingredients in the product. Uh, the, um, I mean, for instance, alpha GPC uh, cognitive improvement in mild. There was a study that said that it showed cognitive improvement in mild to moderate Alzheimer's dementia after treatment with the acetylcholine brain. Uh, precursor alpha GPC. Um, also, uh, it, alpha, uh, alpha GPC, there was a study that said alpha GPC augments growth hormone response uh, to uh, MP produced during resistance exercise and cognitive improvement, mild, moderate al- um, Alzheimer's disease. So that's, you know, that's, I, I, there, there are a lot of studies I can cite, but, you know, I yeah. can't say like, 
treats this disease. No, no, no. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, and I don't mean that. Treats, no, but yeah, pointing pointing to the studies. Um, I didn't I didn't realize that autoimmune that autoimmune disease affected the acetylcholine. Yeah, it, the system. Right. There's yeah. There's a particular autoimmune disease that uh, affects uh, acetylcholine receptors. It's uh, yeah. So in the in the muscles that causes weakness. But that's you know um, that's the kind of thing that you know people should get diagnosed. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> right. 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 I'm not a doctor. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, wh- when do you when do you like to take when do you like to take it? Um, I take acetylcholine brain food first thing in the morning because, uh, it's, you know, it makes me alert and, uh, it, you know, if I, if taken later in the day, it you know, may interfere with sleep. So that's, uh, it's always a good thing. Uh, yeah, there's, um, some people take acetylcholine esterase inhibitors before they go to sleep actually to experience enhanced lucid dreaming. So, uh, that's, a another aspect because it actually, uh, prolongs uh, the REM sleep state and modifies it so people can be uh, more aware, apparently. So, do you have you experienced personally some increases in in lucid dreaming? Uh, I've ex- ex- uh, experimented with galantamine and had some interesting experiences. Uh, yeah, it's uh, galantamine's a little bit. Um, it causes a lot. It can cause some serious stomach upset. So it's not something I take on a regular basis. It has to be uh, dosed very, you know, very carefully. It's uh, it's a strong, uh, strong substance. It's it, it, galantamine has an interesting history too because it's um, it was used in, by the uh, in in ancient like uh, Greek medicine and uh, you know as this is a herb because uh, it comes from a plant that they were familiar with and <laughs> there's this guy. Uh, who um, I think is uh, who was talking about the history of this stuff, and he says that in the Odyssey, when uh, uh, Circe used uh, turned Odysseus's men into pigs, she used some uh, plant toxin that was similar to scopolamine, which is a anticholinergic, which blocks the accent, um, blocks the activity of co- uh, acetylcholine, which uh, neurologically basically turns people into kind of zombies and they don't huh. remember anything. And they, uh, uh, they, you know, they're, they, they are kind of in a delirium and, and Odysseus uses, use, uh, used a plant that, uh, may have contained galantamine to, uh, to prevent become, uh, coming under Cersei's spell. So this is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love that so they, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a great old story. Um, so anyway, that's, uh, yeah, that, that, that's the lucid dreaming aspect of it. <laughs> well, what's the difference? Because I used to take, um, I used to take choline, a, sort of a generic choline, and and uh, and I want I want you to describe, explain the difference between acetylcholine and choline if there is one in a second. But what I would take, I would I would buy a generic choline um, to take before I would do overnight sessions in the float tank. So mm-hmm. I would sleep in the float tank for four or five hours, and I would right. take uh, I would take a choline with. Oh geez, I don't even remember what it was now. But I would take it um, to induce that lucid dreaming state, and and it worked for for a while. And I I got away from it. But um, is it, what's the difference between acetylcholine and choline? Well, choline is acetylcholine is made up of uh, choline and uh, the acetyl moiety of like acetyl coa. Um, 
So in the in the neurons, the uh, in cells, acetylcholine is combined with choline to make acetylcholine by choline acetyltransferase, and so you need the acetylcholine part too, um, and that uh, you know can come from uh, the pyruvate dehydrogenase complex, which uh, basically takes uh, glucose and turns it into energy in uh, the mitochondria. It's it's the acetylcholine go- feeds the Krebs cycle and and creates ATP, which is the um, energy currency of the cell, and that uh, some of that acetyl-CoA actually goes and combines with choline um, via choline tr- acetyl transferase to, uh, to make acetyl-choline. So you, choline is you need it to produce uh, acetyl-choline, but it's it's not 100% of the picture. Now, um, in acetyl-choline brain food, you know we have uh, we have vitamin B1, which is used by um, the pyruvate dehydrogenase complex, and we have uh, pantothene, which is uh, bro- uh, turns into uh, coa, uh, which is you know the other part, uh, which is needed to produce acetyl coa, and then that combines with it can either combine with acetyl carnitine or with uh, the choline from uh, alpha GPC to uh, pr- uh, to uh, produce. Uh, I mean, uh, well it. it, it Makes acetyl CoA from the pyruvate dehydrogenase complex, or it combines directly with acetyl carnitine to produce acetyl CoA, and that combines with alpha GPCs choline to make acetyl choline. So that's that's how it works. So it's um, got it. you got one you got one half of the uh, the puzzle, but yeah. it's, you know you don't have the other half. And also, um, uh, just like to talk about uh, peony for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the way I uh, came about. Um, this is, the little, this is the little flower we're talking about, little, little, yeah. little, little cute little white peony, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it contains uh, peony foreign, which is uh, an ingredient in this Chinese traditional medicine, shimotu to, uh, if I pronounce that right. Uh, and it's been uh, shown to improve uh, working memory in, you know, in animals. So there's been a lot of research recently taking apart Chinese traditional medicine to determine, you know, how it works at a molecular biological level. I mean, they know it, they've been using it for thousands of years and they know it helps uh, cognition, but the actual Western medicine understanding of that molecular biological understanding is, is, has been uh, re- researched intensively over the last um, 20 or 30 years. So, you know, some of the studies on uh, Bioni is uh, that it's, uh, increases the uh, activity of choline acetyltransferase, which uh, is the enzyme that's used to make acetylcholine, and you know it's improved uh, performance in rats impaired by scopolamine. Uh, so that's the that's the drug that blocks uh, the uh, activity of choline in the brain. It blocks the receptors and uh, usually results in um, uh, in amnesia, and uh, so. This, I mean, this is how researchers figure out if something uh, improves the functioning of uh, the choline system in the acetylcholine system in the brain as they introduce this chemical that degrades it, and then they see if the, uh, another chemical can reverse uh, or another herb or natural substance can reverse that effect. So it show, um, mm. and yeah, so they uh, peony. Uh, had a effect of reversing this in uh, you know in these impaired rats and 
Uh, also, it uh, um, it's also an, it's shown to be an anti-inflammatory, and uh, it uh, prevents um, brain damage in, in certain situations, like uh, um, you know if there's a, a brain injury or uh, that kind of thing. Um, you know if there's uh, a, a cut off of uh, blood to areas of the brain. So in um, yeah, you know, in rats. Uh, that's, yeah. you, know, you, can't, you can't do those studies in humans. Very no, well. no, no, not okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that's why I, I, I chose uh, Yoni. Yeah, because um, yeah, there's so there's so much uh, great information coming out when they take these traditional uh, medicines and they uh, understand their uh, their effects from a molecular biological level. Yeah. I, I want to take a step back for a second because I I I, th- I feel like it's important that we you know especially with you I want to I want to I want to take full advantage of this conversation because there's 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 so much to dig into you know I I would love to go back to the uh, the brain food line and talk a little bit more individually about each of those and and how they're specified and 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 I'll just I'll I'll sort of state it out here and then we can dig into a little bit more detail. But dopamine brain food is for motivation and following through on goals. Serotonin brain food is for positive mood. GABA brain food is for calming the brain down and emotional labor. Acetylcholine brain food is for creativity, focus, and alertness. And then there's a note down there that you shared with me that says there is more than one dimension to cognition. And, and I think that that's a really important, uh, a really important thing to, to drive home that it's not like we just want to get smarter. I mean, we do. We do want to get smarter. But in getting smarter, there are so many different nuances and aspects of cognition, of intellect, of speed, of retention, of all of these things. Can you um can let's you you pick the one you want to start with, but I would love to hear a little bit more about about how you think these can best be used because when you explain your stack today you have a little bit of everything and not surprisingly um and i know you know i know that you that you've been taking you know a rich list of of stacks for a long time because you you really value performance um cognitively and and you've you've got a busy workload even on even on uh, even as you travel as a digital nomad you still have stuff that you're working on or reading or interested in. So why don't you pick a brain food and, and talk a little bit about sort of the motivation for why, why it was created and, and how you think people um, could best benefit from it. Okay. Uh, well, I'll uh, start with GABA brain food and uh, GABA is the, you know, as I talked about in my previous interview, it's the inhibitory neurotransmitter. It's the transmitter that, acts um to slow uh, impulses down in the brain um and you know lack of GABA is associated with uh you know with seizures and uh excessive excitation in the brain by glutamate for example i mean an extreme example is 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 um alcoholics because alcohol stimulates GABA and it right. does a lot of other uh things that aren't uh good for uh the body but uh when the GABA in, in the brain is excessively stimulated uh, by, a, a, uh, by an agonist that's not uh, natural. 
to the brain. Like alcohol, it, uh, the only thing the brain can figure out how to do is, is to uh, uh, make the receptors less sensitive. And so that you know, makes the uh, excitation more powerful in the brain. And thus, when you know, an alcoholic withdraws, they, uh, they get excessive excitation, and that can cause um, you know, a brain damage or seizures, uh, that kind of thing. So GABA is essentially acting in, um, in, you know, in to slow those signals down and to control the activation of the brain. Now, where that comes in handy for you know, somebody who's just uh, trying to optimize their neurochemistry is that it makes it easier to interact with uh, people in situations where there may be some awkwardness or some uncomfortableness. For instance, doing you know, if somebody was doing cold calls or handling customer service for a cable company or uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. just trying to, trying to be nice to people when uh, they aren't being nice back. Or you know, for instance, if you're um, you know if you're working in in some sort of capacity with the general public uh, and uh, so forth. And also uh, it acts as a squelch knob on uh, thoughts that are going through the brain. So if there's a lot of anxiety, it can, it can calm that down. Uh, so only the, the most important thoughts instead of all the background worries uh, uh-huh. rise to the surface. It's also good for sleeping, for quieting uh, the brain down for that. Um, and so it, you know, the GABA is, uh, it, and it's also in, in GABA brain food, I, uh, you know, use actual GABA with some extra um, stuff to increase nitric oxide, which in, in some animal studies has been uh, shown to allow GABA to pass the blood brain barrier. And so that, it's really important that I'm just using uh, GABA because the brain has a lot of systems for removing excess GABA from the brain instead of making the GABA receptors less sensitive. And there's all these other GABA receptor agonists that are sort of notorious in the cognitive enhancement community, like, for instance, Fenibit, <laughs> that um, mm-hmm. has a lot of horror stories with it because right. people take it and they think, oh, this is great. You know, I feel, uh, I feel awesome. And then they take it for a while and then their brain uh, lowers the sensitivity of their GABA receptors and then they stop taking it and they don't feel good at all um so it's you know so in in designing a gaba supplement that i'm going to take on a regular basis i'm not gonna have to worry about like do i take um kind of take this every day and so forth i i made sure that uh we're actually using gaba as the gaba receptor agonist which is what the brain's neurochemistry knows how to work with it knows how to uh, process it, remove it from the brain, and uh, thus it doesn't uh, um, downregulate receptors in response to excess GABA. So that's 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 what GABA brain food is all about. I want to I want to echo that one point one one of the points that you made about um, customer service. I mean, most of us work in customer service in some way, shape, or form, and most of us work with coworkers and people that probably drive us crazy, and and for for people who who feel overwhelmed by the interpersonal load of just working at your job or dealing with the public, um, GABA could be an amazing instead of you know instead of instead of drinking whiskey at your desk, 
<laughs> uh, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, instead of, <laughs> instead of smoking joints at your desk all day, um, you know, GABA could be a really powerful, a really powerful supplement for people to take so that they can, so that they can be their best and do a good job without being overloaded by, by ornery people. I think that's, I think that's phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for explaining in that way. Okay. What's take us down, take us down the, uh, the brain food path one step further. What's the next one you want to tackle? Okay. Well, uh, serotonin brain food, uh, is a, uh, supplement I, uh, designed to specifically, uh, increase the amount of, uh, tryptophan that goes down the tryptophan hydroxylase pathway to serotonin and melatonin, um, as opposed to the other pathway, which is the Chiron, uh, acid pathway, which is, uh, has some negative effects. And that's, um, uh, there's actually, um, a couple of, there's a, a theoretical model where stress increased cortisol, uh, causes more tryptophan to go down the, uh, chironinic acid pathway, which is, uh, which may, means that, uh, more stress thus causes, uh, depression. So the, um, in order to prevent that, I, uh, included rhodiola, which, uh, has a, um, strong ability to control cortisol and, uh, in certain animal experiments. Um, and that way it's, uh, you know, the more tryptophan goes into producing serotonin, which, uh, makes everybody, uh, feel really good. And, <laughs> And that's, you know, that supplement, it's pretty straightforward. People are really familiar with, you know, serotonin uh, pharmaceuticals. And, you know, in in my opinion, it's, um, in my experience, it's, uh, it's, it's a similar kind of thing where the, uh, you know, the moods uh, improves my mood and uh, just makes me feel um, good and, and content with life and less fearful I mean, that's, you know, that's my personal experience with that. And, uh, generally, um, serotonin is, 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 uh, about mood and, uh, um, just feelings of well-being and, and lack of fear. Um, that's, I, I'd, I'd say that's primarily it's, it's, it's major, uh, um, way it acts. Now, um, that's a lot simpler than to explain the GAFA because, you know, people are, 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 are more familiar with that because of all the, uh, right. the drugs that have kind of used that, uh, used a serotogenic me- mechanism of action over the years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel the same way. And, and, and for, for me, you know, as a, my experience with, with taking the serotonin brain food is that when nothing else is going right, when nothing else is working, um, serotonin, the serotonin brain food is there to, um, to bring me back into the moment, to bring me back into presence. And, you know, as a lifelong meditator, I've been meditating since I was a kid, you know, and, and, and my level of presence, my level of mindfulness and being able to tap in is, is one of my strongest attributes. And when that's not firing, I don't really feel like myself when I, when I can't be present, when I'm, when I have, yeah, when I'm agitated or fearful or, um, not being, um, not being fully engaged 
um, in an, in an optimistic way with, with the world, um, I feel not like myself and no level of kale shakes that I drink or yoga that I do or sleep that I get or hugs that I, that I give or get can, can bring me to that level. Then I use the serotonin brain food, um, as like a fail safe. And when you're, um, when you've got two podcasts and four businesses and two kids, uh, like I do, there's a lot of, there's a lot that can go wrong. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of people depending on me and there's a lot of pressure. And when, um, when that gets to be a little bit much, um, I find that I usually take the serotonin brain food about halfway through the day. Like I, I, I fast the first half of the day. I take my stacks in the morning. So, uh, I take my stacks in the morning, uh, with fatty coffee and then I do my work and I'm, I'm most productive the first half of the day. And by sometimes by one or two o'clock, I've put out three or four fires. I've had three conversations that I didn't enjoy and I've done, you know, six pieces of paperwork that I despised. And by then I'm a little bit edgy. And then, uh, that's when I usually take the serotonin brain food. Cause then it just, then I can, I can start to integrate a little bit better, prepare to kind of be home in the afternoon and be present with my family and my kids and be positive because that's, that's what it's all about. Um, okay. What's next? Where do you want to go now? Abelard? Uh, I guess the last one is uh, dopamine brain food. Yeah. And, uh, dopamine brain food is, uh, really about, uh, get up and go. And, you know, it's, it's very, uh, interesting that, um, now, you know, Siltep, uh, the, it, Mechanism of action that I proposed, uh, cre- you know, increasing uh, uh, CREB activity. Uh, there are some studies that suggest that it increases uh, tyrosine hydroxylase activity, which means it pulls in more tyrosine into the dopamine system. Um, so that you know can uh, over time can lead to some uh, dopamine precursors for the, that are from food uh, can lead to a depletion of that and. Um, you know, if I've been taking high doses of Siltep for a while, sometimes the following day I can, I feel really good, but I not super motivated. And, you know, if I, and, and if I take those precursors and dopamine brain food, that, um, it's like somebody turned on a light and okay, we're going, uh, we can, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, um, and, uh, Dope, uh, dopamine brain food it in, contains, uh, you know, uh, phenylalanine and tyrosine. And phenylalanine, um, besides, uh, it converts into tyrosine, but it also produces uh, PEA, which is, uh, it's the body's uh, natural um, uh, TAR1 receptor, which is also, <laughs> to explain what that is, that's also what uh, like an Adderall does, but it's it's very well con- it, it, unlike you know it's kind of like alcohol and GABA and um, it, it, you know it, it's since it's the body's uh, al- since alcohol is not the body's natural GABA agonist, the body doesn't re- you know reacts to it in a strange way, and since you know amphetamine isn't the body's natural uh, TAR one agonist, it also reacts to it in a you know, less than optimal way in my opinion, in my humble opinion. Um, yeah. so the, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, converts into, to, uh, PEA and that gets broken down by MAOB rather quickly, but it also converts into tyrosine and tyrosine converts into L-dopa and then to dopamine. 
um, into norepinephrine and um, and epinephrine. And uh, so that's so it basically starts off the whole uh, process of producing dopamine, which is uh, is you know related to motivation, goal oriented behavior, drive. Um, uh, and uh, so it, what dopamine does is it um, creates these uh, pathways in the brain through uh, through long term potentiation that kind of create habits and and reinforce those and uh, also uh, allow uh, gold you know very strong goal directed behavior. Um, so that's mm. what what I take it for is uh, you know I've got a project to do I've got a whole bunch of stuff I got to do I got to get started and keep moving and uh, that's essentially what it's uh what it was designed for also on the the back end uh there is you know b12 methylfolate uh tmg to uh um you know run the the sam cycle to produce uh sam e and uh um basically that's as um that's a way that the body produces a lot of endogenous neurotransmitters uh and breaks them down um, for instance, you know, creatine and uh, a couple other ones. Um, so that's uh, so that finishes off the the breakdown and uh, transformation of of you know in, initially tyrosine into dopamine into epinephrine or epinephrine into uh, home uh, into the waste products eventually. So it runs it it, it kind of help, uh, participates at most of the stages of dopamine metabolism. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I have a little dopamine brain food story from yesterday. Um, and like I, like I mentioned, I, I don't take all of these every day. I take them based on what I have to do that day. And yesterday I was, you know, you can probably hear my voice, but I'm kind of coming off of a cold, but it was sunny for like six hours yesterday here in Seattle. And, uh, that is something to celebrate in March. If it's sunny for more than like a split second, you've got to go outside and do yard work. There are, there's things to do. And so, um, as the sun started to come out in sort of the mid morning, I took, um, I took four dopamine brain food on top of my, my, my standard, you know, my standard stack in the morning. And all of a sudden, almost sort of unbeknownst to me, I have my, I'm dressed and I'm tying up my boots, getting ready to go outside and mow the lawn. And I, and I had this moment of like, wait a minute, how did I get here? Like, how am I, I'm just doing it. Well, awesome. All right, here I go. I guess I'm mowing the lawn. <coughs> and, and I found that, that that dopamine, the, the dopamine brain food provided just a little, just a little nudge, just a, like a, like a soft, like a kick in the butt, just a soft kick in the butt to go do stuff, to go do the things, you know, the goal oriented activities like you mentioned, that's an interesting way to put it, but that's exactly what it is. Like, I need to do this. I should do this. I've got to finish it. And here I am, I'm now mowing the lawn. And it was, it was really, it was really nice. It was, uh, it, th those, those sorts of moments, uh, when you notice that you're doing what you should be doing are also deeply rewarding. There's this like reward loop that happens when you do what you should be doing and whether it's aided by, um, dopamine brain food or, or Siltep or whatever, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter whether you were taking nootropics to help you get there. What matters is that you got, you got your chores done and you can just continue to 
perform optimally. I don't know. I figured I'd share that. Oh yeah. Well, um, the, uh, you know, I always say about Siltep is it doesn't, um, so much increase the level of dopamine in, you know, in between the neurons. It makes that dopamine do more by potentiating the signals, um, released by the, the dopamine receptors when they are activated, they, um, it makes those signals last longer. Mm. Um, and that's, that's the theory behind how it works. So it's not, you know, it's not pushy like, uh, like a, an ADD drug where it, it, it's, it's, it's more, um, in, in my opinion, it's, it, it, it keeps the, um, the brain more in control of what it's doing, but it enhances the, the things that it decides to do, the motivation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That now, makes sense. Now, one thing that's, um, I kind of find interesting about having this multi, uh, dimensional approach to cognition is it's, uh, for understanding personally how my brain works, it's, uh, very, uh, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, I can see like, this is this, you know, how the serotonin part of my brain works. This is how the dopamine part works. This is how the GABA part works, the acetylcholine part. And I, um, you know, I used to take the, uh, the Braverman, uh, yeah. exam, uh, you know, I had like a little web app I built that, uh, you know, where I could take it all the time and I would get really into, you know, and then I could, I almost memorized the questions. So I could just, <laughs> wait a minute, time. wait a minute. Isn't there like, how many, how many questions are there? Well, I didn't memorize all of them, oh, I was gonna I say. Memorized, you know, enough of them <laughs> that, uh, I, uh, you know, I could kind of ask myself those questions and sort of know what. I needed or what was, what was doing what in my brain at the time. And I just felt it was, uh, uh, for attaining like deeper self-knowledge. Um, and so in, in a more scientific sort of way, I mean, I'm, you know, that's, that's sort of how I think I'm very reductionist and <laughs> I know more, some people are more spiritual and that's, that's great. Um, you know, it's everybody understands the world in their own way, but I sort of like to, understand things at a molecular biological level if I can. And, uh, it just allowed me to, uh, uh to, to, to understand things in, the, in those neurochemical dimensions. It allowed me to better understand myself and my moods and, uh, how I respond, uh, and what I, to certain situations and what I need in those situations, uh, neurochemically. I think I, I would I would assume that most of our listeners know what the Braverman test is, but can you explain it to them just just in case? Yeah, yeah. The Braverman test uh, originated in this book by uh, Dr. Eric Braverman called "The Edge Effect," and uh, it's a book that uh, has uh, is centered around these tests, which are a dominance test: are you dopamine dominant, acetylcholine dominant, serotonin dominant, or GABA dominant? And then another test for deficiencies: what um, aspects of your neurochemistry are deficient. And then, uh, um, and then, you know, it gives recommendations and so forth. And, uh, it's, a you know, it's, it's a book that had a lot of a, a pretty strong effect on me. And, um, the test is, you know, it's, it, it, it takes like five minutes to take and, uh, Tell uh, it's a good way to kind of determine what's uh, what's currently going on in uh, in one's mind and uh, neurochemically. I mean, it's you know, it's 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 kind of speculative uh, and uh, sure. you know, it's uh, but it's it's not um, 
I don't think there's been any like rigorous scientific studies on it, uh, but it's uh, it's been helpful for me to to understand, um, you know, my my neurochemistry and and, and what's going on, and just uh, understand my moods and so forth. It's it's kind of like uh, it's just a do it's just a tool that um, I find very helpful in, in understanding uh, what's go- what's going on and what I need and. Uh, uh, and just myself in general, like self-knowledge, you know, almost like a spiritual uh, sense. Yeah, for sure. Know thyself, man. That's that. That is that's all that matters. Uh, give give us an example of like one or two of the questions in the on the Braverman test. Okay, uh, you know, for instance, uh, one of the the questions for serotonin is, you know, I, I, I uh, if if you have a deficiency, it'd be like I I feel fearful, my imagination takes over. Um, for acetylcholine, like I don't feel creative. Um, I'm obsessed with my deficiencies, and um, you know, dopamine is uh, um, that you don't uh, you, you you let other people make decisions for. Uh, you're fine letting other people make decisions for you. Um, you know, you really rarely take the initiative, and and uh, GABA is things like. Uh, I do things just because I think they'd be fun or I'd, uh, uh, I tend to act out and be, uh, make a scene, uh, that is, you know, GABA is, is, is also related to like impulse control, that kind of thing. So it's, you know, that's why it's good for things like customer service or dealing with coworkers because then when they, you know, get on my, get on my nerves, they don't, uh, you know, you know it doesn't make me feel like I have to react. I just absorb that. <laughs> yeah. 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 You just deal with it. Right. Um, I think, I, I think anybody who's listening, if you're, if you're curious about, I mean, who doesn't like, who doesn't love taking tests uh, about, you know, self-directed tests on online to figure out where you're at, you know, whether it's your Ayurvedic, uh, 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 what was it? Dosha. You familiar with the doshas, uh, Abelard? Um, well, I'm, I'm not super familiar with Ayurvedic, uh, except, you know, for their, their, uh, medicines and, and mainly from like a scientific, uh, you know, medical study perspective. Yeah. The, yeah. The dosha, um, the dosha is, uh, is, is like, and we're going down a little, just a, just a quick rabbit hole really quick. Uh, So the dosha is a, um, there's, there's basically, there's three doshas, um, pitta, vata, and kapha. And these three doshas, uh, are like symbolic of kind of who, who you are. Right. And, and, um, um, your sort of personality styles that are attached to this Ayurvedic knowledge that is esoteric in nature, uh, which I love. Um, but taking taking these tests, like t- like taking a test for your dosha or doing the Braverman test to try to figure out, asking questions about like, um, yeah, I, I let people I let people make decisions for me, yes or no, answering those questions really does give you an idea of where you're at, and and, and maybe if it's just that day or if it's sort of a general sense, like in my life, I let other people make decisions for me. Well, kiddo, there's a good chance that you may be a little bit low in dopamine. Um, uh, and so forth. So, uh, I figured it was cool to, uh, to share that with people. You should take, uh, go, go take a dosha quiz when you get a second Avalard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
uh, yeah, it's, I, I think it's the, the brave, the, uh, the, those, uh, tests are, are, um, and just the thinking about breaking, uh, cognition into these different aspects is it's a little bit like tradition, you know, Chinese or uh, traditional medicine where, you know, you have this hot and cold and damp and all that stuff, but it's, it's a little bit, uh, in my opinion, I mean, Chinese traditional medicine is, is great and, and a lot of people benefit from it, but it's, it, you know, it's a little bit more of an updated version of that, I think, uh, for, for maybe a uh, better understanding of neurobiology. Um, so I think uh, it, you know, has um, use in, in, in sort of uh, understanding these things from a, um, you know, without being able to like put probes in, in, in human brains and like measure neurochemistry, you know, that you, you couldn't basically do it wouldn't be possible because, you not know, yet. not yet, at least <laughs> not yet. I mean, sometime in the future, maybe they'll invent an MRI that can like see, you know, the, the state of brain chemistry in a person without hurting them. Like, yeah, but then that would be, that would be incredible. But we're not, I don't think we're there yet. <laughs> no, not as far as I know. You would know, trust me, right? Like you, yeah. you, you would know. Yeah. If anybody would know, you would. Right. Um, so what can you tell me about Russian peptides? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, the, uh, I, have, uh, I go to a lot of these longevity conferences, and uh, they're very fascinating. You know, people are trying to sincerely live forever and uh, spending a lot of money and uh, – uh, scientific effort trying to figure that out. And, uh, you know, I talk to people there and I get things, uh, uh, recommended to me, uh, to look into. And one of the things I've been looking into, um, are these, uh, Russian peptides that, uh, apparently the way they work and, and, you know, this is very speculative kind of stuff, um, is they figured out that if, uh, they extracted, um, from uh, organs of, of like young, uh, like you know, farm animals, uh, certain low molecular weight peptides that these could be used to epigenetically activate mechanisms in in organs to regenerate them somehow. And uh, you know, this is, a, is apparently a project of the Russian military in the in the eighties. Nice. And now, <laughs> you know, and now they're out there, and it's funny because they're. They're, you know, they're from like, uh, farm, you know, cows and pigs or whatever their, their organ meats. And, and so it's actually natural, yeah. <laughs> and it, but it regenerates, it's supposed to regenerate organs and they have various ones out there for, uh, different organs like, you know, the thymus, which, um, uh, brain, the, uh, testicles, the, uh, heart, you know, uh, there's one for uh, blood vessels and um, muscles, <laughs> and and so uh, yeah, I've been uh, I've been taking these, and I think I've been uh, you know it's it's sort of hard to really definitively say like they work, but um, I've been getting some beneficial effects. Uh, it's you know it, it it's definitely speculative stuff and, and but there have been a couple of uh, studies i think on the the thymus and the uh um the thymus peptide i think was studied and uh that yeah so that's uh, that's interesting as far as because that's one of the things that degrades when people get older is the immune system 
So, uh, you know, that's, that's an important, um, thing to maintain. Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why we've got, uh, that's why we've got the mycoimmune. That's why we've got the mycoimmune boost, boost that immune system and float tanks to get in the, get in the dark. Have you ever, have you ever, have you floated Abelard? Yeah. Yeah. I floated. Oh, sweet. Cool. Yeah. That's a, um, really, uh, a lot of magnesium, uh, yeah. Uh, it goes it goes into the body transdermally doesn't it yeah magnesium sulfate yeah yeah yeah, yeah. At, well what yeah and, um at these anti-aging conferences it's really interesting to see the different theories of aging because there's not just one right um telomeres right and isn't well, it all about telomeres well, well tell there are some people who believe that it's all about telomeres and you just solve the telomere problem and um that's it and then there's, you know, then there's some like Aubrey de Grey, most famously, the SENS project, which has, you know, all these different aspects of aging, these types of damage that occur to the body as we age. And then they have, since they've broken it down into these different aspects, they have different programs to address each one and scientific initiatives. Um, and then uh, there's epigenetic theories of aging, which say that aging is just a programmed stage of uh like puberty and so if you can just prevent it you prevent age um that's actually gene uh, epigenetic changes that uh, genes are turned on and off uh, based on some sort of internal biological clock you know that um that if if you could just manipulate that clock it would would fix everything Uh, (laughs) yeah you've you've heard of um that when they were uh, studying resveratrol's anti-aging activity, yeah, they they found that the anti-aging activity of resveratrol was mimicked by synthetic PDE4 inhibitors. So, and as you know, that's how Deltep works. So, right. I wrote an article about this. I think you can find it in the Natural Stacks archives about all the uh, evidence that said that there is a. Um, that PE4 inhibitors were linked to anti-aging and, and um, how that works. So. Yeah. Well, tell, tell us a little bit more. Well, let me ask this question too. Are you, I feel like the term biohacking is, 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 is over, is being overused now. Do you, do you still use the term? Do you have a preference? Do you, do you care? Do you like, where are you at on the term itself? Well, you know, the, the word hacking just, you know, has a lot of, I mean, for, for people familiar with the computer culture, it has positive connotation, but people who aren't like, you know, into, uh, into programming Silicon Valley computer culture, it it sounds kind of weird. Yeah, (laughs) it does. Yeah. It's a little aggressive. (laughs) Yeah, it is a little aggressive. So, um, but you know, it's, it's a word that's, that's come to mean, Pretty much, uh, what uh, to it's come to have a useful meaning. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, so I'm fine with it. Um. <laughs> yeah, for for me, it, it it does the trick. It it for me, it's the best term for this. I mean, because you can't say, you know, nutritional optimization or or like, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a cognitive I'm a cognitive optimizer. Like, no, I mean. That's that's clunky. It's called you know biohacking. puts in the puts in the hole. I, I like uh, I like Dave Asprey's. Uh, I don't remember what it is now, but I like his definition of biohacking. It's like 
the internal or external, making adjustments to the internal or external environment um, to optimize the physical mental performance or something like that. I I, I think that was, that was cool, but given. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's a cooler term than uh, say like functional medicine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Biohacking and functional medicine have a lot in common in that, um, you know, functional medicine is looking at at the why, not just the symptoms, you know, for for various, but, but that's more about treating diseases and biohacking is more about, um, being better than well, you know, optimization. Yeah. yeah, well said. Speaking of biohacking, what other sorts of biohacking projects are you uh, are you into these days? Um, I'm getting into uh, like uh, fasting. I did some uh, I did some five day fasts because uh, I'm really interested in the autophagy benefits. Yeah, that uh, basically the. Uh, the the old cells that aren't working properly, the senescent cells, uh, senescent cells, sorry, um, are uh, uh, can uh, be recycled, or you know sometimes the uh, um, the cellular junk can be cleaned out when uh, uh, the autophagy kicks in. Usually after about three days, I think is the uh, threshold. So. Um, yeah, I did. I did two five day fasts with a meal in between, and that was uh, that Dude, was pretty intense. What? What? Whoa, 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 whoa! Call the train. You did. You did a five day fast, had a meal, and did another I, five day fast. Yeah, just water only, or water and tea. Well, well, and... electrolytes. Um, okay. Yeah, I uh, my I, I take these uh, uh, nuun noon electrolyte capsules, and all they they have like five calories or something. Um, with water and they, and then also, uh, you know, magnesium, potassium, uh, and salt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was, that was pretty intense. Um, I had to end that at the end of it cause it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> starting to feel uh, a little weak. So yeah, yeah, but that was, uh, that was intense. Um, the first two days of fasting are always really hard. <laughs> But uh, I want you know, just I uh, experiment with this stuff. Um, also, uh, <laughs> dude, I didn't know you were. I didn't know you were so hardcore, Abelard. That that is that is hard. That's hardcore. I've done I've done three day fasts before. I've never well, I've done three day fasts before. I've I've done like a Ramadan style fasting for like a full moon cycle, not eating during daylight. You know, I've done that before, um, yeah. just for 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 just self discipline. Um, more for more for like sort of spiritual understanding, but damn, dude, I'm impressed. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's funny how uh, when I fast on about the, I can watch cooking videos on YouTube for hours. And hours. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like torture. No, it's fun. Oh, I, I, I just have a whole new relationship and appreciation for food. Oh um, yeah, totally. Yeah, really makes me. Uh, realize you know how much i enjoy food <laughs> yeah <laughs> when you don't have it for it for five days right right um also uh, i've been investigating uh detoxification um for heavy metals and uh, persistent organic pollutants like you know all these pcbs and these fire retardants they have in furniture and um carpets and things like that these you know all this indoor air pollution and this uh, stuff that doesn't uh, leave the body easily. Um, 
and um, you know that's that's been kind of interesting. Uh, it's um, you know it's it's kind of a modern problem that uh, that we get all these uh, toxic situations. Um, that and uh, high intensity inter- interval training. Wait, can, um, can I can I stop you there for a second? Tell, sure. Tell me a little bit about um, what the what 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 you've been doing for detoxification for for environmental toxins. Oh. Yeah, there's this uh, this product, uh, Metal Free Spray, um, that has uh, various uh, things processed from algae that uh, removes uh, heavy uh, heavy metals from the body. And um, I've been doing some uh, detoxification rounds with that, and uh, it seems to work. Uh, you know, it seems to. Um, I mean, I've had. Yeah, you know, I don't want to get too much into all my personal medical problems, but you know, it, like in the two, um, one of the reasons I kind of started a soul journey back in the mid two thousands, you know, even before I invented SoulTap, was you know, I had some, um, I had some pretty bad uh, ADD issues and so forth, and uh, you know, I uh, well, one thing that improved those a lot was was going on a uh, heavy metal detoxification um, regimen. Um, so, you know, that's, that's something I, 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 uh, investigate on a regular basis. Uh, yeah. yeah. When I was, when I was at the Bulletproof conference, this guy had this, um, you know, it was, it was selling this stuff, had this device that actually measures the micrograms of mercury in, in, in the breath and stuff. And so, whoa, <laughs> yeah. whoa. I've never heard of it, that before. Yeah. So the, anyway, uh, so these uh, detoxification sprays are, uh, um, yeah, I think I think they're helpful. Uh, yeah. Do you ever mess with iodine or silver, or anything like that, um, for, de- for detoxification? Well, no, no. Yeah. Um, I uh, yeah, mainly um, one thing I've, uh, I mean, you, you know, if you have if you have a heavy metal problem, you, if you think you have a heavy metal problem, you should get tested for it and. Right. Uh, um, go through a regimen with, you know, a, a functional medicine doctor or something, or a naturopath or something like that. Traditional doctors don't really do it that much. Yeah. Uh, from what I've seen. Yeah. What was the source of your heavy metals when you had them? Do you remember? Uh, do you remember? You know, I, 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 I wouldn't really, uh, I, I don't know if I want to like get, get into, into speculating about that. Okay. Uh, could have been anything. Um, yeah. From, you know, growing up in a house with like a hundred year old plumbing or, uh, <laughs> or, um, you know, having, uh, metal fillings, uh, mercury metal fillings. Um, yeah, yeah I don't, it could have been, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, like a tuna fish addiction or anything like that. Well, that, that's, that's, uh, that happens to people if they, uh, eat fish that are really high up on the food chain, yeah. like, uh, swordfish and that kind of thing. Uh, like on a regular basis that can build up. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. The other natural stacks guys, now that they're in Seattle, go to this one sushi place, uh, in Seattle, it's called, uh, Shiro's. And, uh, I swear they eat there three times a week. Uh, and I told, I keep telling them like, you guys are going to get heavy metal poisoning with the amount of sushi that you eat. And they're like, you know what, man, it doesn't matter. It's worth it. It's worth it. It just, I, I'll, I'll, I'll keep eating it. It's too good. I can't stop. Well, you, you should, uh, eat things that are lower on the food chain. Um, if you like fish, um, 
like sa- you know uh, salmon or Knuckle. sardines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, little little fish, not not a uh, big fish at the top of the food chain. Right. No more so no more uh no more blue whale uh croquettes for dinner. No more uh sorry. No more yeah. <laughs> corny corny dad joke, sorry. Um, so, uh, what else, what other, what other sort of biohacking projects, um, you, you, you started to talk about the high intensity interval training, which is something that I'm super, super passionate about too. What, what, what are you doing for the, for exercise in there? Oh, well, um, along with, uh, you know, all my weight training I do and, um, I got this muscle anatomy book and, uh, you know, it lists all the, all these various exercises and which muscles they, uh, activate. And so I went through that and, um, it's kind of made separate exercises for each muscle group. Uh, uh, not, you know, which actually, uh, I made it so that one exercise stimulated a, a lot of different muscle groups, for example, and that they didn't overlap. Sure. Um, yeah. And then, uh, for, you know, my cardio, I, uh, there's a study that, uh, said that you can actually get meaningful changes in the cardiovascular, like VO2 max and, and that from, from a 10 minute, uh, high intensity training. So two minutes, uh, <coughs> yeah. So, so what I do is I do a two minute warm, uh, warm up at, uh, you know, three, like four to three and a half to four miles an hour. And then I run for 30 seconds to 10 miles an hour. And then, you know, two minutes, uh, back to three and a half to four and then run for 30 seconds at 10 miles an hour, then two minutes and then, uh, run for 30 seconds, 10, and then, uh, cool down for the rest of it. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and, um, it's, it's fun running at 10 miles an hour. It's only for 30 seconds. uh, Um, and yeah, I've been slowly moving that up. Um, nice. Yeah. I guess if I, you know, if I, uh, if you, if I got up to, uh, 15 miles an hour and then I, you know, for 30 seconds, Hey, if I could do that for four minutes, I got a four minute mile, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, I'm slowly kind of edging up on the, um, running there. So, uh, uh, that's, yeah, that's what I've been doing for high intensity interval training. Um, nice. yeah. Do you, uh, what, what uh, do you uh, do high intensity? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, I do. I do wind sprints. Um, I'll do ten hundred meter sprints and call it. Uh, or I'll do um, a kettle combination kettlebell exercises. So I'll do, you know, like um, a snatch into um, into a sumo squat into a. Um, like shoulder press, so you know, com- combining kettlebell movements to do, and just go hard, just bust my ass for, um, you know, for for fifteen or twenty minutes and call it, and just be done with it. It's it's I'm it's it's because I'm busy. It's because I know that I know that it's boosting my testosterone. I know that it's you know that it's, that it's putting on muscle, and it's just convenient. It's fun. I'd rather I'd rather go really hard. Um, for a very short period of time, then I just don't like running. I just don't, I've never have, I've, I've been an, I'm a lifelong athlete and a soccer player and I still, I just hate to run for no reason. So if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to do it and get it done. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I like to do it too. Um, what about, um, um, what about microdosing? Microdosing. Yeah. You have an opinion about it? 
you know, uh, in my, in, a long time ago in my youth, uh, I played around with that stuff and it was, it was fun. Um, but these days, you know, I, I tend to, uh, avoid anything that's like not legal. <laughs> you know, I just, just don't, I, I like things that I can know I can be able to take any time and uh, on a regular basis. And, um, uh, I think that's just, uh, just a good way to go. Um, you know, I've, I've looked into these mechanisms of action of, of, of hallucinogens, and it's, um, you know, if you've ever l- looked at, like, okay, what receptors in the brain does, does uh, LSD push? It's, it's like everything. Right. All at once. It's, it's like you got this big old organ, and you push all the keys all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, it does, yeah, it certainly uh, does a lot of stuff in the brain, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so, you know, I'm in Seattle and, uh, I have a ton of friends that work in tech and startups, um, Amazon or Microsoft. And, um, it is, it is shocking how common it is. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, the the people that you never would have expected, um, are asking me about, I mean, I own a float center and I talk openly about, um, you know, entheogens and psychedelics and, and their uses and my experiences and stuff like that. And so obviously I sort of attract that sort of conversation, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm consistently surprised by the number of people that are doing it and the type of people that are interested in doing it because at one, uh, one, uh, point, what's a point two to 0.3 grams of cubenzies, you know, psilocybin cubenzies, yeah. um, you can, it's, it's a non-perceivable, um, uh, a fact it's like barely perceivable. It's like this, um, widening of the vision a little bit. It's this opening of the heart. It's a, it's a, it's a greater understanding of sort of, uh, complex, complex issues. Um, it's, it's a fascinating approach and just cause there's a ton of mushrooms growing up here in the Northwest too. I think that's part of it, but, um, yeah, I figured I'd run it by you. Well, as far as, um, you know, psychedelics, to me, the best way to describe psychedelics is I'm awake, but I'm dreaming. Mm. It feels like I'm at home, I'm in bed, I'm sleeping, I'm having a dream, but it's reality. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of like a, what they mean to me uh, when I you know, took them like when I was in my early 20s and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, as far as, like, research chemicals, you know, that uh, uh, I th- some things I've tried that I've gotten a, a lot of benefit out of that aren't, you know, for kind of thing you want to take every day um, was uh, PRL-853 was uh, pretty intense. Um, the uh, PRL-853, which was this uh, substance that they did some medical studies on, I think, back in the 70s, and it increased uh, number span uh, dramatically. That's the amount of, you know, if somebody repeats a string of numbers, how many can they remember? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a little uh, weird to take because it's kind of caustic. Like people who take it sublingually, they report that they it rots their teeth um, if they take it regularly. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, we're talking about like, you know, we're, you know, we're comparing this to like, you know, psilocybin or LSD or whatever. So, you know, yeah. kind of going out there. So it's not the kind of thing. I mean, I would take it like maybe, 
you know, if in, in, in very certain circumstances where I needed to uh, remember stuff uh, very, very well. Um, and then uh, a uni, Unifi RAM, uh, which is kind of like a stronger uh, one of the racetems, um, that that works really well too. Um, those are uh, ones I've taken recently. Also, um, well, methylene blue. I mean, I take methylene blue on a regular basis uh, for uh, anti-aging benefits. Yeah. And also, um, yeah, there was a study that said that it was uh, very beneficial in skin anti-aging. Oh. Um, also, uh, it's uh, there's there's a company that's uh, working on a slightly tweaked version of methylene blue, so it's patentable. Um, and they're uh, entering stage three clinical trials for Alzheimer's. Um, and uh, also it has you know, strong mitochondrial uh, enhancing effects. Um, so it's, you know, it's great as a pre-workout, in my opinion. Um, and the way I take really low doses of it. Um, so I, I, you know, what, the way I take it is I put um, two drops of the Blue Brain Boost, and that's about a milligram in a liter bottle. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah. So that that works out to you know about fifty micrograms, um, and uh, you know I just I pour it into my hands. I take it transdermally because it's very antibacterial, antimicrobial. So if I drink it, it'll it'll uh, kill a lot of my gut bacteria. So yeah. and and also it has skin benefits. So I take it transdermally. I just rub it over my arms and over my face. Huh. And, uh, Diluted um, to that to that amount too, yeah, yeah. And on a regular basis, I can feel it right away. Um, so, what does it uh, feel like? A, uh, it just feels like a breath of of like. Have you ever inhaled like pure oxygen? You know, yeah, those, uh, yeah. Uh, it feels like that. It just feels uh, really energizing, like a uh, like a really breath, like a breath of really pure fresh air. Um, and uh, cool. Is it expensive? Yeah. No, it's super, super cheap. Really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the you know the amounts being taken are so small, and right. it's a pretty simple thing to manufacture. You just have to get pharmaceutical grade. Um, I wouldn't, you know, the, the, if you wh- whatever they're selling in fish stores is, is not something you want. Uh, you know, that's that's not good. You like there's certain vendors online that sell pharmaceutical grade. So. Um, and also, you know, so it has this anti-Alzheimer's benefit, also, um, you know, anti-skin aging. So um, mitochondrial enhancement. And, uh, well, the anti-Alzheimer's benefits, is, is, you know, that's the trials for that are like uh, over 100 milligrams, I think. But uh, and, they, and it was traditionally, I mean, it's one of the oldest synthetic drugs that was used in for malaria at very high doses a um, long uh-huh. time ago. But, you know, at these really small doses, you don't have the issues of, of um you know things turning blue like (laughs) yeah yeah or uh, it's it's kind of hard i mean i think it's not very popular because it's really hard to dose in the the appropriate amount um and if it you know it's if it gets on anything it'll stain it blue and it takes a while to clean it off and then you're beast from the x-men and then everybody's freaked out you know hanging from the chandelier by your feet (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I, I'd say that um, 
Yeah, but I take that on a on a, on a regular basis. I, I, I at small dosages, it's it's not um, it doesn't uh, cause a lot of uh, issues uh, hmm. for me at least. Well, as we as we uh, we take this train, we pull this train home into the station. Um, uh, anything else that we that we didn't touch on about the acetylcholine brain food that you wanna um, that you wanna maybe bring back up, or anything that you think people should know, or anything that? Um, oh, yeah. Oh well, since we were talking about the racetams, I uh, just wanted to bring up that uh, you know there's a common conventional wisdom that racetams should be taken with an acetylcholine pre- uh, precursor or. Uh, and uh, I did some research in that and uh, did that. And uh, there were some studies that said racetams increase uh, AC, uh, acetylcholine re- release and that paracetam and choline are highly synergistic. And uh, paracetam also diminishes acetylcholine levels. It, uh, I guess it, uses, it may use them up, for example. And so um, as far as, uh, you know, acetylcholine to take with, uh, acetylcholine precursor to take with uh, aracetam, you know, I, I think uh, in my experience, acetylcholine brain foods uh, worked pretty well. So I, I just like to take, you know, as, since we've been talking about that, <laughs> I'd bring it up. Yeah, no, I think that's important for people to know because, you know, again, you know, our audience is, is sharp and they're going to be, they're going to be tracking all of this. And I, I assume that many, many of the listeners are, have, if, if they're not taking, you know, some of the racetams or any of the racetams, they've, they've done it before. Um, well, I think that does it, man. I, I, it's, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for taking time, uh, away from, away from your vacation or your, your, your digital, your digital journey, journey, journeying, your digital gypsyhood to, to, to chime in for this conversation, Abelard. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, it's it's been a pleasure. Thanks. Uh thanks for the conversation. You betcha, man. Talk to you soon.